Inspire. From Spire, I'm Jeff Saris. And I'm Amara Andrew. And this is Control F. A show about finding answers. So I know we're only in our second episode of the podcast, but I feel like our our little podcast studio here is coming together quite nicely. Yeah, I love like all the additions that you made. We're lit. <laughs> and we have pinatas. So that's the that's the question. Where did these come from? The pinata fairy. Hmm. Because it's National Pinata Day. (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone who's only listening and not watching this on YouTube, describe what we have in front of us here. So in front of us, we have, I bought miniature pinatas, but little did I know that they're actually very miniature. So (laughs) when I opened the box, I was like, where are they? Oh, very small. Um, But yeah, so we have two cute little donkeys. They're multicolored. They're orange, purple, uh, yellow, blue, and green. Good, I know my colors. <laughs> and then we have a cute little miniature cactus in the middle of those two, too. And it's yellow and green. They're super cute. And there's one behind you on the shelf. There's yep. more in the other room because we just finished recording this week's uh, YouTube video. Yeah. So this is this is sort of the companion piece. This is the first trifecta of content that we're doing. It really is. So it's you, exciting. Yeah, so you so have... I started with the blog post, and then we did the video. And then, well, we took photos, obviously. And then now we're doing the podcast. It's really fun. Yeah. It's actually really exciting. I get to like, I don't know, talk about everything. The only downside is it is Friday night. Yes. Pinata Day, National Pinata Day is tomorrow. Yes. And I haven't edited any of this. Obviously not the podcast because we are recording right now. Oh, God. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, there's a lot to do tonight. Oh, so going to be a late night. <laughs> <laughs> so what is National Pinata Day? So apparently National Pinata Day. So I heard of it first from you. I remember it was nighttime and you came running into the bedroom because I was already like half asleep and you were just like, you'll never believe what I saw. And what kind of commercial was it? So it was December. (laughs) So it was during football season. It's the only time of year that we watch like regular television. Yeah. Like we watch Netflix and YouTube and stuff, but to watch real TV with commercials is so strange right for us maybe not strange but uncommon so you were in bed and there was a commercial (laughs) that came on and it went something along the lines of with national pinata day right around the corner dot 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 (laughs) fill in the blanks here i don't remember what else was said and then um april 18th dot 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 and i was like april national is any of this real and it was an AARP commercial, AARP, um, and I actually don't know. I meant to watch it back because I looked and it is online. So, oh. and, but it's only been posted in the last month, so I'm pretty sure that they submitted it. Whatever you had to do to get it on the on the actual TV there, uh-huh. um, on that channel, they must have uploaded or sent it in or whatever, and it got aired incorrectly in december because there is no way they were trying to talk about national pinata day four and a half months ago (laughs) i mean they could have been getting everybody ready which is exactly what happened with us Mm -hmm. so like you heard it then you ran into the bedroom and then you're like oh my god you'll never believe what i just heard and then we tried to look for it on youtube and we couldn't find it but then i looked it up and it was like holy shit this actually is national pinata day on april 18th so yeah um you know and shortly after that we actually told our friends we're like don't 
don't schedule anything for April 18th. We have yeah, we, have some we were going to have like a whole and... big thing, and then of course COVID 19 happened, which it's unfortunate in many different aspects, but especially because we don't get to play with pinata. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, it's very serious. So I'm glad everybody is safe at home. But I don't know. I was so excited. I was so looking forward to. April 18th. I even put it in our calendar because I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so apparently, do you want to get into the nitty gritty oh, yeah, of it? Let's dive right in. So when I was researching National Pinata Day, I was trying to figure out where the hell did this holiday come from? Like it's so, like I love pinatas. I love weird holidays, but this was like, oh, like I never thought about it, heard about it, whatever. So then I looked into it and it was, um, it appears that it was a woman named Amy Watkins. Um, in March 2016, she posted on her blog, Cozy Reverie, like, um, she posted, oh, why isn't there a national pinata day already? There should totally be one. And it looks like that's the beginning of all of this. Now, I don't know exactly how it got from point A to point B, mostly because I ran out of time and I didn't get to contact her. Um, but that literally looks like that was like the pinnacle and the starting point, not the pinnacle, the starting point. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm curious about like the history of everything and how things came to be in the etymology of objects i guess Ooh, that's a good one um <laughs> patent pending. If, I, if i should say so myself <laughs> good job me <laughs> so um yeah so i wanted to dig a little bit into the history of the pinata like how old is it it turns out it must be or it might be very very old um pinata scholars so first off <laughs> when you think of a pinata like you think of something like this um, and just remember, that's oh, only for yes. YouTube. Cause... So you think of something like this where it's a like cardboard body and then it's covered with uh, colorful tissue paper. And then you fill it with candy, toys, fruits, whatever, like whatever's fun. Um, so like I've grown up with pinatas at friends' birthday parties because I grew up in the Southwest. So it was like, oh, this is like a fun, normal thing. Um, but apparently original pinatas were made out of clay pots. It was a clay pot in the middle that was covered in paper and like other decorations like ribbons and whatever the hell else you'd decorate mm. a clay pot with. And then you'd whack the shit out of it and then stuff would come out, which is terrifying to me because like, what if you get a pot shard in your eye? Well, and if you were the, if you were the clay pot, that would be terrifying. Yeah. You would, you know, <laughs> you'd, you'd really be clay aiken you know what let's just stop no <laughs> that was good <laughs> okay um but yeah so anyway so pinata scholars currently agree that it's a tie between three civilizations of when of where <laughs> when and where the pinata came from so it's either from ancient china like before the Yuan Dynasty, um, which is when Marco Polo showed up, which we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Around what time period? Uh, Marco Polo was in like the oh. late 1200s, oh, early mind. 1300s when he went to China. I was going to say 1492, but that's a different Marco Polo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mexico? Columbus. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So the so it's the... either ancient China, the ancient Mayans, or the Aztecs. So if it is ancient China, then here comes Marco Polo. We do have Marco Polo to thank for bringing it to the Western world. Apparently on one of his journeys to China, he saw people playing with this clay pot that was decorated with different colored paper. Um, I think it was an old Chinese New Year tradition. Um, so they would blindfold each other or <laughs> blindfold one person, not each other. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> Just a group of blindfolded people with sticks trying to hit one tiny thing. Um, so these, uh, so these pots were fashioned in the shape of different animals like oxen, chickens, whatever. And they were colored with different or covered with different color papers to symbolize different things to go into the new year. So then um, you'd blindfold one person and then they would go around trying to hit the pot. And then when it exploded, like it burst open, seeds would come out and then the pot itself would be burnt. So then the ashes and the seeds were collected for good luck. Mm. Um, so apparently Marco Polo found this like fascinating and he loved it. So he actually brought it back to Venice, brought a few of them back to Venice with him. And the Venetians also really loved it. So then they started making their own. This is where it gets interesting. Um, apparently, so the Venetians really liked it, so they made their own. They modeled it after their own uh, clay water pitchers, which were called La Piñata. Hmm. P-I-G-N-A-T-T-A. Piñata. So then, that means uh, fragile pottery. So... That's where the name comes from. Isn't huh. that cool? Yeah, it's interesting. But wait, there's more. <laughs> um, so the Italians actually integrated the piñata into uh, the Catholic celebration of Lent. Okay. So I guess it's on the first Sunday of Lent, which I think they still use this actually in Italy and Spain and different parts of the world. Um, the first Sunday of Lent is known as Piñata Sunday because then you would actually play with the piñata and it was like a whole thing i didn't really get into the weeds because religion mm -hmm. um so after venice naturally things just move around especially in like old europe um so from italy it went to spain and especially with catholicism i was like cthulhu <laughs> catholicism <laughs> yeah. um so the piñata la piñata I'm trying to get my Italian. I'm trying to separate the two. <laughs> um, anyway, so moved to Spain. And then that's where the Spanish heard la piñata with the tilde over the N. So that's where piñata may have come from. Huh. So, um, and the root word, the root of piñata, piña, means like a cluster of fruits or something a cluster of fruits or a cluster of flowers. Mm -hmm. So like, um, like pineapple, I just assume that. Exactly. Like pineapple. Okay. So it's a cluster of flowers. And that's actually what uh, the root word of pine cone is too, is piña. Hmm. So their shape of their vessel was like a pine cone because hmm. that's actually how their water vessels were shaped. Um, I have a picture of one right here. It's a botillo and it looks like uh, 
sort of small at the top and then it rounds out in the middle and then it's kind of round at the base as well. So it's interesting. It's mm-hmm. cool how like, I don't know, I get jazzed about this stuff. <laughs> is that photo in the post? Yes. So all the photos are in the post. And the post is at indrotoamaraandrew.com slash... Kenyatta. Perfect. <laughs> That'll be easy. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll, yeah, we'll have the link in the show notes as well. But oh, you can yeah. see all the images. You can get to the video there, but yeah. continue. And it's a lot more detailed in the post too. I'm just trying to give you the cliff notes. Um, <laughs> so at first, Spanish piñatas went relatively undecorated. It was just like a little bit of decoration, but not too much. But as the piñata had more religious significance to it, um, well, and not only religious significance, but Spanish missionaries, when they came to uh, North and Central America, well, came, it's very contentious kind of thing, <laughs> but when they um, went on their mission here in Central America, here and to Central America, um, they decorated their piñatas with uh, like ribbons and brightly colored paper and tassels with the sole intention of converting indigenous peoples to Catholicism. Hmm. But um, little did they know that a couple groups of indigenous peoples in North America and Central America, already had their own version of the piñata. Right? So how did that come about? So it was both the Mayans and the Aztecs who had their own versions. I'm like, there's some sort of nomadic thing here where the groups were together and then separated. Like, there's something here where I think it spread from both China and then the Mayans and Aztecs like at the same time or something like Mm -hmm. way down the line and then like groups drift apart and then they travel and then they're nomadic. I'm trying to explain this and it's not coming out right. So it can either be from the migratory patterns of people. That's the word. Or. (laughs) Words. (laughs) Maybe it's like like the origin of Bart Simpson on that episode of Portlandia that we just watched like yesterday. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> maybe Bart they, Thompson. Yeah, maybe they simultaneously both both met Bart Simpson, both met the piñata. Cool. We and it came have. from yeah, it came from completely said. separate worlds, but <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> you say, I don't know why I said <laughs> cool. <laughs> I don't know why because I was like, like cool. Eat my shorts. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, no, that's highly probable. I mean, anything's possible because like if you look at how many different cult like religion not to get into that but how many different uh groups of people and civilizations have believed in a sky being essentially yeah some sort of higher power like there's there's yeah. a lot of similarities between different religions and it's amazing yeah and like, where did I know... they branch off and how did how yeah. did the stories intersect exactly mm-hmm. yeah where do the stories evolve from like all these different things and there are a bunch of different gods and goddesses and whatever that we don't even know about because they died off with all the people like in the group so Mm -hmm. anyway all that fascinates me but we'll get back to my story (laughs) (laughs) i'm on a mission um just like the people going to the americas exactly oh full circle (laughs) like a pinata sort of a pinata filled with lifesavers. Mm, candy. <laughs> anyway, so Mayans and Aztecs, or ancient Mayans and Aztecs. The 
ancient Mayans, who we know were huge fans of sport and competition, which I think we would have loved to have been ancient Mayans. <laughs> we love competition. Um, they had, so theirs was a game, um, which theirs doesn't appear to have had any sort of religious uh, significance behind it. As I've found, there probably is, but you never know. <laughs> you, just, you just gave me a really silly eyebrow. Oh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of my words. <laughs> so their game, so they hung a pot from like a clay pitcher pot kind mm-hmm. of thing from a rope. And then they would blindfold one another, like one person at a time. <laughs> and then they would hit the pot. I don't know if it was filled with anything or what have you, Um so that was their kind of version. Oh, and then they would spin the person around to make it a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> um, so then the Aztecs also had a similar activity, but theirs was meant to honor um, the winter solstice and the god of war, Huitzilopochtli. Uh, Pochtli. Huitzilopochtli. Mm. <laughs> okay. you said a call back to your youtube video i did i didn't mean to but it sounded like i was trying to speak polish i totally butchered the name i apologize um so huitzilopochtli was the god of war in aztec culture so to honor um their birthday and the winter solstice or his birthday and the winter solstice um they Aztec priests would place a small clay pitcher at the top of a pole, and then the pitcher would be filled with feathers and stones. So then a person could enter the temple, grab like a stick or a club, and then try to hit it. And then if they knocked it down, then that burst open, and it was the offering to the god. Hmm. Um, oh, in front of an image of the god in the temple. I'm not even going to try to say the name anymore. I apologize. Um, so, winter solstice is in December. Huitzilopochtli's uh, <laughs> birthday was in December. What else happens in December that's related to Catholicism? Um. <laughs> Christmas! <laughs> Jesus' birthday! So, Spanish missionaries, when they learned about Huitzilopochtli's uh, birth month, they were like, we can just turn this into a Catholic teaching moment, um, an allegory, if you will. So, they actually used the piñata that they brought to aid. So, their main mission was to bring indigenous peoples into Catholicism and convert them. So they, the missionaries, used the piñata in a whole crazy, manipulative, but arguably brilliant kind of way. Like, it's horrible what they did, because there's like a whole laundry list of terrible things that they did. Um, But they were master manipulators. Um, So they... um, I lost my train of thought. So, anyway, <laughs> they, um, yeah, so they attached this new Catholic symbolism to their piñata, and they used that to integrate 
uh, Aztec people into Catholicism. So, some of the symbolisms of the piñata, which this blew my mind. So, using, so adding colorful papers, feathers, decorations, and whatever, um, that was to symbolize the attractive mask that Satan wears to attract and seduce humanity. Hmm. So, the traditional style of a piñata, if you've seen them, like, it's similar to the other one that I bought, um, but it has seven points, and those seven points are the seven deadly sins. Oh, okay. And the star shape is to symbolize the star of Bethlehem. Hmm. And the donkey pinata, which I learned later on, um, is meant to signify the donkey that Mary rode on in her journey to, I think, Jerusalem? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't grow up very religious. Um, the pinata itself symbolizes hope and charity. The candies, fruits, and toys, whatever, inside the piñata represent the temptations of wealth and earthly pleasures. The blindfolded person represents the blind faith he must have in Jesus Christ. Hmm. The person hitting the piñata was actually spun around 33 times to symbolize the years that Jesus was on this earth. Right? That many times too? Yeah. I that is... You spun me around maybe twice today and I almost <laughs> barfed. And that was before we ate. Um, so yeah, 33 huh. times, which now you can do it for like however many years old you are. Mm-hmm. But that descends from Yeah, it's tradition. just slightly... Like you said, they started with clay pots and they would whack them. But you don't even know if there's something inside necessarily. So exactly. it's just, yeah, the slight... It's how it's evolved over the years. Oh, yeah. Over many years. Many years. Yeah, because this would have been 1580s or something hmm. when this start, when this transition really took would hold. The paper, so the paper wouldn't have been as bright and vibrant. No. But it would have been similar probably in the type, like how like, they produced the paper maybe. Yeah, so it would have been like stiffer. Oh, my God, this is like a whole other subject. Well, I, I love paper. Yeah. Um, but... It would have been a stiffer, like, parchment kind of paper, like vellum or something. So it could have been made from animal skin, or it would have been made um, with longer plant cellulose. So it would have been a more durable, heftier kind of paper. But I think it may have... I'm not super familiar with colorful paper. Like, I know Mm. the basics of regular paper, but I think it could have been dyed with, like... uh, Oh my God! Like different pigments, like um, not lapis lazuli, but indigo and like berries and stuff like that. Like to make paint pigments, essentially, mm-hmm. you could have done the same. I think to dye paper, but I'm not quite sure. Sorry if I'm wrong. <laughs> but okay, so a few more little tidbits of symbolisms. Um, so spinning around 33 times to symbolize Jesus's life, I would have been like, you know what? I tap out. I'm not going <laughs> to take your Catholicism or whatever. Um, I mean, you say that now, but at the time that would have been very difficult, I'm sure. Well, and especially when these missionaries showed up, everybody around them, like all the indigenous people were dying because of mm-hmm. all the disease that they brought with them too. So it's like, oh yeah, okay. I guess I'll play your game. I, I'll go with you. Well, yeah, if it can help. Well, and yeah. Everyone just wants... Some sort of help, some sort of assistance. Well, yeah, and I wouldn't want these creepy sorcerer people (laughs) to kill me. Um, So 
The spinning was also meant to represent the confusion and disorientation that occurs from a lack of faith. The stick represents the virtue that can overcome evil. And when the piñata is broken, the goodies that pour out of it signify the divine, divine gifts that are bestowed upon a person for keeping their faith. Hmm. So that's a lot of symbolism wrapped up in one little fun thing. I'm personally, I'm glad it's lost most of that. Like now it can just be enjoyed for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting to note that. Oh, yeah so um it's weird to think of it in a religious kind like that someone would be theoretically if it stayed the same someone would be like in a church in a service of some sort and hitting a brightly colored donkey pinata (laughs) well yeah and i think like i said like uh traditional pinatas are still used i think in italy and spain Mm. um not necessarily with the clay pot center but the clay pinata is actually so this may be one of the few places left that manufactures it this way, but in Acolman, Mexico, which they claim that they're the birthplace of the piñata, um, they have a statue of a Franciscan friar in like the square hmm. beating a piñata, one of the seven-sided ones. Um, they still make it the traditional way with the clay pot, but... They're not as popular because they are a little bit more dangerous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just fascinating. But, um, yeah, and then I talk about tissue paper a little bit in my post, too. <laughs> I get into, like, the weeds with that. Well, yeah, because you really like paper. Oh, yeah, I love paper. Um, and then it is interesting. So I didn't know that piñata makers had a name, which that sounds really ignorant and stupid, but... They're called piñateros. Hmm. The piñatero is an. It was a huge profession at one point, but <laughs> dramatic pause. <laughs> now it's not obviously as much of a profession now because there isn't a whole lot of money into it, and it takes a long time unless you have a lot of people to help you make a piñata. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now there would be more mass produced. Just. Factory exactly. type I mean, stuff. yeah, like I bought these at Oriental Trading because I didn't know where else to go around here mm-hmm. and because quarantine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on how people make piñatas, like traditional methods. I love it. It looks mm. so fun. Like that's honestly something that I want to at least try. I might not get into it, but I don't know. It just seems like fun and neat but i guess that's because that's not my livelihood (laughs) so i'm like i might have a different take on it (laughs) um but there are some uh artists currently who are actually using the pinata as their medium Hmm. so there's one person his name is justin favela that i found he is of mexican and guatemalan heritage So he uses uh, cardboard and paper to create art pieces. So he has, um, well, I have a quote from him. He says that he uses, quote, the pinata as a medium because I see it as the perfect symbol that stands for my identity. And by using it, I am reclaiming the pinata and the culture it represents, end quote, which I think is super fascinating. So he has like this giant uh, low rider that's hanging from like the top like the hood part by one string 
and it's called Gypsy Rose Pinata, <laughs> and it's like bright flaming pink, and there are all these roses and stuff on it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just a very interesting critical look at the pinata. Like you think of it as this fun game, but then yeah, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I just thought it was really interesting and really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could just blab on and on. But anyway, <laughs> read it in the post. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, because that's your sort of more of your scholarly look, your your actual, um, your deep dive into it. Well, yeah, and like yeah. contemporary views on the pinata, mm-hmm. like because how it's changed from. Uh, <coughs> oh, <laughs> you good, bro? <laughs> but yeah, just how it's changed throughout history, like. It wasn't religious, then it was, then it wasn't, then it was, now it isn't. But now it has a whole different view of identity for groups of people, too, which is really interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot wrapped up in bits of paper taped together and glued together. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, probably more than you expected. Much more. Like, I was completely blown away. I didn't anticipate learning any of this because I was just like, oh, yeah, pinatas, like friends' birthday parties or Las Posadas or whatever. Um, Yeah, super interesting. Like, I don't know. I don't mean to get all serious with this stuff, but it's interesting to learn all of these things. Like, when I learned about the green utility jacket, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly how much of a military history it had or, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like we all need a bit of context, I feel, to learn about. Like, honestly, I feel like context would solve much of the world's problems. Just learning a little bit about each other and like where people are coming from. and Yeah, context breeds empathy. Exactly. Like you can feel and understand more of what someone else might have gone through or be mm-hmm. going through. And yeah, there's a lot. A lot to learn. And that's that's why we also have yeah. your, like right on your site, it's life. Uh, how did you phrase it? Your life in historical context. Yeah. So you're finding the little things like this, like the pinata from someone's birthday party or the, as you mentioned, the green utility jacket. Yeah. Because or... you literally, you can't escape historical context. Like mm-hmm. it's everywhere. It's literally everything in this room. Like there's some sort of context that should be known in my opinion. I know not everybody wants to take the time to know, but Yeah, but that's what I we're here know. for. You're yeah. writing it and we're producing videos and now this podcast. Yeah. One so. object at a time. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I mean it's an infinite amount of oh, amount of yeah. stuff. So we're just Well yeah. like there's so much that I didn't even get to with the pinata that I really mm-hmm. want to, but I mean it's not a closed door. Like I can still oh, yeah. write about whatever. Mm-hmm. But And if there was yeah, ever genuine like I have so much appreciation for the art form. Like, I always have. I've always loved pinatas, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Now I have, like, even more of an appreciation for them, especially after watching piñateros make them. Like, that was the coolest thing. And then you see all these giant ones hanging, and they're huge. They are massive. Huh. I loved it. <laughs> well, yeah, so that is the history of the pinata. Yes. So, so happy National Pinata Day, everyone. Yeah, happy National Pinata Day. I didn't mean to make it so serious, but it is. Like, it's a genuine, <laughs> yeah. it is an actual art form, and I hope people think of it as such. As, mm-hmm. as an art historian, I'm commanding you to think of it as an art form. <laughs> as an art historian and a commander of your life. <laughs> like, just, I command you. I command you. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, 
as always, this this episode is brought to you by Built, and Built is our Ooh. platform for <laughs> uh, building your business, starting your website, and um, it's sort of what we're using here to to do what you're doing. You're building your own business, yeah. Um, as a as a writer, a researcher, historian, and an archivist. Yeah. Um. So that's me. Yeah, it's all tied together. <laughs> but yeah, if you're interested in starting your own business, starting your own project, or even just just need to talk during this crazy time just go to built.co that's b-y-l-t.co and yeah we're happy to help yep and we can't forget our closing uh segment <clears throat> the joke of the week oh yeah i <laughs> forgot i mean so this is my nope. contribution okay this is my contribution that is <laughs> not to be out by existing <laughs> not to be outshined by your deep dive into pinatas, but <laughs> <clears throat> where do you take someone who was injured in a peekaboo accident? <laughs> Hold on. Where in a peekaboo accident do you take someone who was injured in a peekaboo accident? First off, what's a peekaboo accident? I mean, who can tell? It's oh man, I need to deep dive into this joke. <laughs> where do you take someone? I know I'm not supposed to actually think about it, but now I am. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so where do you take someone who was injured in a peekaboo accident? The ICU. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I see you. Ah! <laughs> that was really good. Good. I'm glad you like it. Peekaboo. <laughs> All right, so this was this was our episode for this week. <laughs> She's gonna laugh us out. Oh and yeah! Again, I'm Jeff Saris, and I'm Amara Andrew, and this has been Control F. Happy National Pinata Day! We will see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye. See ya. <laughs>